podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by SB Sports. SB Sports sell the merchandise for some of the best up-and-coming boxers and MMA fighters in the game. So if you're looking for any of their merchandise, head over to their website. And if you're looking for football kits, if you're looking for equipment or anything in between, SB Sports is the place to go for great prices and great merchandise. So head over to sbsports.co.uk and get a great deal today. Alright folks, welcome to Ammo and Danny's Irish Outfield Road. Alright folks, well this is Season 2, Episode 7, of course sponsored by SB Sports. And we've got a packed show for you today. We're going to preview the West Ham game, um, the Atlanta game, which is just brilliant. I think me and Danny will love discussing that. Then obviously the up-and-coming Man City game. We've even got time to, to um, have a little discussion about the pay-per-view and um, the changes that have been made, but I'll start off with, um, how, how's your week been, Danny? How are you and how are things? Not too bad, can't complain. Um, been a busy enough week, just working away, all these different things coming in. Um, obviously, been keeping up to date with football, the uh, all this presidential election stuff. I don't know, this isn't the type of pod that we're going to get into, but it's obviously all a bit mental at the minute. Um, and then in the middle of that, it was my little lad's fourth birthday. So, uh, a bit of a, it's hard, it, it's kind of a, kind of mixed emotions because obviously like he's got his birthday it's exciting all the rest of it but we're in a stage and situation at the minute where you can't even do nothing and he felt so sorry for him it's kind of the first year where he, he knows what having a birthday party is all about and he's just started preschool so he's got all little friends and like to not be able to do anything with them was just kind of just kind of sad really but we tried to make it as special as we could which was good yeah I mean you sent me the wee picture of him as we buzz like you outfit yeah. which is class he's <laughs> Toy Story mad I love Toy Story. Absolutely obsessed with it. Yeah. Well, give him a wee shout out there. Give him a wee happy birthday shout out. I know, yeah. A little happy birthday to Jonah. Not that he listens to this at all. Like, though, every <laughs> single week, do you know what? I am editing this pod normally when he comes home from school and he sits there at the side of me and he's like, What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing my podcast. And he sits there on the sofa and he goes, Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. <laughs> <laughs> because he hears his say it so often. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Happy birthday, Jonah. Um, and that's to be four, such a great age, isn't it, Danny? Oh, carefree, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. But such, such are the times that we're living in. It's sad that you can't really... Set. My, my my oldest lad's going to be seven in December. And, um, yeah, it's just it's, it's awful, really. But the only one good thing that I think we can say about this lockdown for, for me and you, personally, is at least we've got the football, Danny. Mm, exactly, yeah, and there's plenty of it. I was discussing with someone yesterday about the fact that there's just so much football going on at the minute. There's games on feels like every single day, um, which has been amazing. That's one of the good things during lockdown is that nearly every game's getting shown on TV, which is good. Yeah, I mean, there was some corkers last night in the Europa League, Rangers 3-3, Arsenal 4-1. Um, some great games in the, in the Europa League. Um, AC Milan got done over by Lille, 3-0. It was yeah. it's just loads of goals and even the Champions League as well. There's lots of lots of discussion, obviously. We'll discuss Atlanta and um, the great final victory soon. But first of all, I want to discuss West Ham on the weekend, Danny. Um, okay, so it was 2-1 to Liverpool. Um, how did you... What was your thoughts on that game? Obviously, Shakiri and Jota come off the bench to win the game. But before that, what were your thoughts on the game? 
I think my initial thoughts going into before, like especially by the end of the first half, obviously we've done well. We we won Shakiri with a, a great pass and they've been reviewing it at different stages all week, trying to give us like a, a bird's eye view of what Shakiri could see as he played that ball through and all. And um Jota looked really sharp. And I know we're gonna discuss a little bit later about the whole Jota Firmino situation. Um but I thought First half, especially, I thought to myself, uh, we were quite fortunate that Antonio wasn't playing because West Ham had a lot of chances. First half, good chance to be able to see us out. A um, couple of good saves by Allison. Um, obviously, our defence a little bit weaker than normal because of Van Dijk. Um, though to be fair, I thought they played well. Um, but yeah, I thought that West Ham could have been two 0 up end of the first half, and I think we were quite fortunate to keep ourselves in it. But to be fair. That's that's what we do. That's what champions do is that they play football, they play well, and sometimes you've just got to grind out results. And I think that's what the West Ham game was. It was grinding out the results. We we just held back as much as we could, tried to keep ourselves tight, and then when we got the chance, we just went for it. There's the whole Salah dive situation, which is which is another one that people have been discussing all weekend. Um, Salah diving for the penalty, whether he dived, whether he didn't. Um, but it's it's the whole thing was shrouded. I was going to say it's the whole thing shrouded in controversy. I think every game that is played in the Premier League is shrouded in controversy at the minute because VAR is just mental in the way that it's performing this season. Um, and and each game is going to come with tons and tons of talking points and, and the West Ham game is no different for me. Well, for me, it was a penalty, definitely. Um, can't go on about this game without mentioning Nat Phillips. Um, he made his debut for Liverpool last year in the FA Cup um, against Everton. Um, it's a game I've openly discussed but I was at that game then he went on uh, loan um, back to the Bundesliga I think it's Stuttgart he was playing for um, and he's come back and he was nearly sold it was quite was quite famous story to Swansea this, he was about to go to Swansea just before the transfer window shut mm. and uh, Swansea kind of you know done the dirty on him and got someone else in and he was kind of left in the wilderness and he obviously hasn't made our Champions League squad but uh, the man believes himself. You know, he's 23. He's not really, you know, he's not as young as other people are. He's come in and he played he, man of the match. He was superb. So what was your, what was your thoughts on Nat Phillips, the centre-back, alongside Gomez? Do you know what? I think both both Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, who have both played in these two games this week that we're discussing about, I think both of them have took the chance really, really well. Uh, and I know we've discussed before and said about the fact that it's a good time to be a young like a young player coming through Liverpool. But obviously Klopp is filling these players with confidence to make them feel like they can go out there, they can perform, they can do well, and they can potentially secure that spot. Uh, again, we're going to discuss about the City game, and I think the City game will be different. Um, but I, don't, I think I think he's done a great job. He controlled that defence really, really well. I've said before about the fact that I think Gomez is a great player. He plays really, really well. Um, but I think he's not a leader. And I think Nat Phillips showed that he is a leader in defence. He sort of he was organising. You've seen him at the end. I thought he looked a bit shaky at the start. There was a few times he was shouting out to Henderson in the midfield, and he was almost shouting out as in like, "I'm telling you what to do because I need to." But please don't, please don't say that to me. As in like, you're the more professional, more experienced player. But by the end, he was screaming at people. He was organising that back line. Um, I thought he'd done a, a great job and a well deserved man of the match performance. See, like a little bit of a Carragher type of player, you no, know, that yeah. type of, you know, he's a, he's not, he's not filled with pace, and I don't think he's as, as technical as like you maybe Virgil Van Dijk's or you know, in times gone by you Daniel Aggers, 
But um, yeah, solid performance. Do you know what I mean? And he's English. He knows what it's all about. Um, I was very, very, very impressed. It was a penalty for me. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with Salah is people are kind of sometimes trying to use him as a scapegoat. You know, Liverpool are that great. What, what, what can we do to kind of floor them or get in the referee's head? So I let's have a go to Salah because he's so. If you look, uh, forget every other player. Look at Salah. Every single time Salah goes down in a game, all right, I guarantee there's two or three occasions in that game where Salah should be going down. And because he's so strong, he stays on his feet. Like you, the, you look at Mo Salah, you don't think strong. You, you think quick. We know quick he is. But he's such a strong player and he doesn't go down easy or willy-nilly. So, last thing in my eyes, you know, Salah is a is a diver. I think so many times things happen that quick that it's just so hard to judge. But for me, it was a penalty all day long. Um, and then I thought, I can see why it was given, but even the, the, the goal that Jota scored that got ruled out, you know, with the, the, the sliding tackle from Manny, I thought that was very harsh. What, what was your thought on that, Danny? Yeah, I think that, as I said, there's, there's always going to be week by week, there's going to be talking points like this. I think, first of all, when it comes to Salah, um, I think you can't necessarily blame Salah. And I think it, it might be an unpopular opinion with a lot of people, including Liverpool fans. But if you're not if you're not throwing yourself to the ground, you're not playing the game properly, in my opinion, nowadays. I don't like it. I don't like seeing it. I don't like seeing people throwing themselves around. But the game has developed in a way that now, if you don't throw yourself to the ground when you get hit, it was blatantly a touch. He blatantly kicked out at him. Um, it was a lazy tackle. From a defensive point of view, it was lazy. To just try and throw a boot at it and see what happens is a, is a lazy way of defending. He should have been jockeying him, trying to get him down to the byline um, and hopefully try and get it out either for the corner or try and get a deflection and bounce it away. But he didn't. He just threw a lazy leg at it. And the end of the day, if Salah wouldn't have went down, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have get given as a pen, and it was a penalty. The kick out made it a penalty. But if Salah would have stayed on his feet and tried to play, the referee would have said for it to play on. He wouldn't have pulled it back and said, "Oh wait, there, he's kicked him. It's a penalty." You have to throw yourself to the ground now in order to get it. So uh, all the people saying like, "Ah, oh, he dived. He dived." Yes, for me there was a little bit of overreaction for what happened. But if he doesn't do that, he doesn't get the penalty that he deserved from him being kicked at. So that's the way the game's gone now, and you've got to kind of deal with it. We've seen Harry Kane, which is another talking point, uh, Adam Lallana jumping, looking at the ball, Harry Kane seeing it coming, edged into yeah. him and hit himself on the deck. And he knew that if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have got a pen, and he would not He would have also lost the ball. So that's the way that the game has developed nowadays. So you've got to kind of just deal with it to a certain extent. It's going to happen in games, and it's not down to the players. For me, it's down to the officials that they're not taking enough control of the game and giving penalties that are deserved as penalties. Players are having to show them uh, in order for them to make a decision. So you would say there's probably a little bit of gamesmanship from Salah and it was clever. So it was one of them where it worked out well for Liverpool, but if it was against Liverpool, you'd feel aggrieved, but you, you understand why it was given. Because I, I I still think it was definitely a penalty and I don't blame, but I get what you're trying to say. Um, there's been plenty of incidents in the past, hasn't there, where... I, I, I think what I think about more than it was Luis Suarez. Mm. So many times he was clipped and uh, he'd stay on his feet and it ne- never got given a penalty because and it was it was clear penalties. You know, so I can see where you're coming from. Maybe if Suarez done that a little bit more, he would have won a few more penalties. But this is what happened with Suarez because he was so good at winning free kicks and fouls and stuff. People started to call him a diver, didn't they? Yeah, and it's the same. And you're there right across the board. It's obviously it's it's going on with Harry Kane at the minute. They've been saying about Sterling for years and all these different people. That that are technical players. They take a lot of kicks, 
And the thing is, is that they have to go down because the officials won't give the deserved fouls unless they throw themselves to the ground and force the referee to make a decision. Your classic outside of that example is the whole people grabbing each other's shirts in the box during the corner. They, they put their arms, the defender normally puts their arms around an attacker or pulls his shirt to stop him from getting a run on him to be able to get the header. And players now have to throw themselves on the floor in order for the referee to look at it and for VAR to look at it to give a penalty. Where if they stay up and try and tussle with the defender who's got his arms wrapped around them while he's dragging his shirt, the referee will generally just say, play on, and he won't stop the play. The players are now having to force these issues so, so for me, it's not necessarily the player's fault. It was a deserved foul. Um, and you've got to throw yourself down to get it now because otherwise the referees won't do the jobs properly. Ah, oh, well, fair enough, to say. Um, it was one of those victories for Liverpool, put us top the league. Um, mm. And that's where we sat, where we're sitting now comfortably. Um, and considering that, like the bit of a shaky start on Liverpool in the Premier League this season, obviously, we've discussed Villa. It's, a, it's one of those days that, you know, I'll just say it's it was crazy. Um, we had a lot of bad luck, but we we, we had the draw against Everton, which again, <laughs> we, I think that was disgraceful. But apart from that, we've won every game. Mm. And I say we, we've Carragher said in commentary, um, Jamie Carragher, and he, he can't. I think he's so spot on. He went, "This Liverpool team always just find a way." We have our great results where where we win three and four nil. You know, which we'll, we're, I know we're about to discuss Atlanta, but kind of last point on this West Ham game is it, it was a tricky game. We went, well, we went, we conceded and went behind. We just found a way to win, and it wasn't it wasn't glamorous, but uh, I'll I'll allude and come back to this little bit bit of magic for me. This you know, so he brought Shakiri and Jota off the bench, and we're going to discuss Jota a lot now. But Shakiri, um, he played in the League Cup game. Um, he, he surprisingly started in the Champions League game a few weeks ago and he's come on. Um, Jurgen Klopp has had a lot of praise to give Shakiri. So we come off the bench and that little through ball nutmeg to, to Jota was just a little bit of cluster. Do you think in the years gone by, like for instance, before we had Shakiri, we had the Scott the Clock developed, would, would have we had a player that good on the bench to come on and do a little nutmeg through ball to a player like Jota that's clinical? In the past, we would have had that, would we? So wasn't it great to see. Yeah, uh, and we've, we've spoke about it a couple of times before. We go back, because obviously we've supported Liverpool for years. Now I turn 33 in a couple of weeks and I've watched many, many different types of Liverpool teams. And um, yeah, up until Klopp's come in, for me, one of the things that's always been a trait of Liverpool is that they've never had a good squad. They've always had a, a decent enough start in eleven. Um, but we've never had a good squad. You sort of do think to yourself in games that we need to grind out or we need that extra little bit uh, of magic. We need a, a plan B. Liverpool have never really had that. That You've always thought to yourself, what are we going to do to win this game? Um, and don't get me wrong, there's been some great comebacks over the years, but it's always been with the players that are on the pitch. Uh, and obviously, Vladimir Schmeisser, who comes on in the Champions League final, but we'll, we'll put that down to a fluke, I think. Um, generally we've never had an amazing squad where now we do you do look at games and think to yourself right we need something else we we need a plan B we need an extra option we need fresh legs and you know that we've got Shakiri sitting there you know that we've got Jota to come off the bench you know that we've got Origi to come on you know that we've got Keita to come on to give an extra option in midfield Thiago still to come back all of these different options that you think we can really perform here and when Klopp turns around now and says that he's going to change his squad for the Champions League or whatever. 
you're not nervous in the way that I think Liverpool fans were in like 2008, 2009 onwards that you thought to yourself, oh no, we're going to get absolutely trashed here. Because our, our second string squad for me, a lot of them are pushing to, to play in that first team squad. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, at one stage, even on the clock, Origi was our fourth choice attacker. He's now like our seventh choice, mm-hmm. which for me kind of says a lot, doesn't it? It just kind of says that we're, you know, we're, we're definitely going places. But yeah, I mean, Shakiri, just always shout out for him, that wee ball for me. Um, I don't really want to mention Jota too much because I think we're going to mention him a lot now, but <laughs> um, the wee ball from Shakiri and we nutmeg, that was just quality, wasn't it? I know. I've been looking for Shakiri to perform and. I think he's obviously he's been plagued with a little bit of injuries and different things like this, and he almost reminded me of like a, a young Simon when he first signed for Liverpool. So the first couple of games he came on, he was just like running after the ball like a little dog. That he was just like chasing the ball around the field, and he was like so excited just to be playing for <laughs> Liverpool. And it was like just calm yourself down, play your own game because we know that you've got the ability. And this time round, he's come back in, he's playing his game well. You can see he's watching the game. He's coming on and he's making an impact. Last couple of games he's played, he's been real quality. Um, so I'm hoping to see a lot more Ashkiri because I really like him as a player. Ah, well, as I picked up the league, uh, professional performance, and then obviously we're going to discuss Atlanta a wee bit here, aren't we? Yeah, so Atlanta was a, an interesting game, wasn't it? What did you make of it? Obviously, we both watched it because we were texting each other, Jordan. But what did you what did you make of the performance in contrast to the West Ham? Well, I remember like the build up of the game. Like I was watching like the BT Sport uh, you know, panel, and they were saying, "Oh, it's going to be full of goals." And I did think that because Atlanta won these teams. That you ever any betting people out there? If you ever throw over two point five goals on, um, you always throw Atlanta into it because a lot of the games are like three all and three two and two one and whatever. But so I knew there'd be goals, but I didn't think it'd be this easy for Liverpool. Um, what could, there's only two words to say about that game um, that sums up really, and that is Diego Jota. <laughs> <laughs> what a hat-trick what a player um, the pacey show for that second goal even the first goal as well I mean it was just it's like for me for Diego Jota in that game it was just like the perfect performance it was just absolutely perfect and then when he had the Salah and Manny goals in, they're just almost like you couldn't describe if you had to describe it like a Mo Salah goal over the years if we're sitting here in 15 years time trying to explain to our grandkids a Mo Salah goal for Liverpool that goal there would be like how you describe it and exactly the same with Sadio Mane if you had to describe a Sadio Mane goal for Liverpool hmm. that's how you would describe it and then when you compare that with a, a Jota hat-trick in between it's just like wow and even the dink the dink finish to start off it was just wow the second goal kind of reminded me like a, a vintage Michael Owen back in the day just getting that touch and just getting strike away do you know what I mean and the hat-trick just hmm. completed it it was just like I don't know what to say. It was just—I think it was just a perfect European away performance, um, and that's what we do on our day. Now it's interesting because it's this from free debate now, isn't it? Like should Jota come into the Firmino? Which I know we're going to go, go, go into in a little bit more depth against City, but for me, that day was just three players on fire, mm. um, being on fire, and. Um, Atlanta had a little sniffy in there, but I think just having Allison and goal, we've deluded it to before, having Allison and goal such a common influence. You know, Allison had a couple of wee saves to make that kind of, they could have quite easily conceded. And Allison just makes those saves and then boom, you know, you keep a clean sheet and you win. And that's like, wow. Reese Williams was solid at centre back, but he didn't do nothing stupid. The ball, when he had the ball, he was playing it simple. 
couple of times where he could have like fed it through the lines where you know Van Dijk and maybe Gomez would have. And when I mean like feeding through the lines, where he's got the ball maybe three quarters away in his first half, and he, he you know he, he sorry of his own half, and he can make the ball maybe you know thirty yards, make that ball. But he was doing, he wasn't taking those silly risks. If he had to play it back to Allison, he did that, and he was obviously instructed to do that. Don't make no silly risks. Don't make no mistakes. Let everyone else look after you, and he did. Um, Arnold and Robinson, great as usual. Um, Hendo, Colonel in the midfield. I think it was literally just a perfect performance. And as I say, Diego Jota was just... Or Diogo Jota, however you want to... Let's just say Jota. <laughs> the man is just... He, he's a scouser already. That's all I'm going to say. What, 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 what was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was kind of a mix for me in terms of Liverpool. For me, it was a solid professional performance. And it looked like, to be fair, I think if we'd have really went for it, I think we could have scored seven or eight goals. I think Liverpool have a tendency to to know because there's so many games coming up at the minute. And as I've said, generally we've been discussing four games a week at the minute. Um, you know that Liverpool have got a lot going on, a lot of games getting played, and Liverpool know how to play games well. So as I said, I think we could have just went for it and got seven, eight goals. But at the same time, Liverpool knew that they needed to, to rest. We've got a big game coming up on Sunday. Um, so they knew to just see the game out nicely. And they played well. They took the chances when they needed to take them. Jota was quality, as you've already said. He was so sharp. Um, looking and pointing for it, for it only being as well as third game, he, he was. you could see from the goals, he's pointing to where he wants the ball. He's commanding. He's, he's telling people, this is where I want you to put it. I'm going to run onto it. I'm going to be pushing myself here. Um, same with the, his hat-trick goal. That he was pointing to Sadio Mane to play it down that line. Uh, and a great outside of the boot shot uh, pass to him, to be fair. Um, oh yeah, I always I sing Mane's praises enough as it is, but that outside of the boot pass was quality to feed him in, um, and yeah, it felt for me that Atalanta maybe I've never watched Liverpool play or something because I, I was saying at one point when Salah's goal, especially Curtis Jones fed that ball, smashed it up, Salah running onto it, and I said I was sitting there in the living room and I was like, Salah's going to cut this onto his left and curl it in because that's what Salah does. He runs down oh, on the right. It was- there was no one in the world that didn't doubt that's exactly what he was going to do. Like, we all knew it. <laughs> and the only one who didn't seem to know it was their centre-back. And it's like, surely if you know your stuff, you should know that Salah's always looking to cut in on his left and curl that into the top bin. You need to block that. But yet he followed him down, tried to see him down the byline, and Salah cut it, and he was in no-man's land. And it was like, have you not watched Liverpool play before? Same with Mane as well. He looks to just nip in there behind that centre-back and the right-back just kept drifting off all the time, leaving the centre-back on his own with Mane and Mane just absolutely schooled him the entire game. Jota, as I said, was an unknown entity to them to a certain degree. Um, but he was just, he was so sharp and he was so powerful. And as you said before, like you've seen that difference. Reese Williams for me was, was solid again. Another clean sheet. He's got to have so much confidence about his game at the minute, playing in that Champions League. But as you said, when Gomez was put in the same position of him, Gomez was found at one point on the right-hand side of the centre-back and he was able to ping that ball over to Jota for the second goal. So there's just that difference that you can see there between a, a player that's got confidence and is playing consistently and is able to try those risks and a player that's working his way into the team a little bit. Um, but for me, it was just it was, it was was never in doubt. I never expected it to be 5 nil. Um, but it was never in doubt that we were going to win it. But we put ourselves in a really good position. We beat them again in a couple of weeks' time, and and that's us. 
that's all secured and we don't need to worry about it for a little while. Yeah, well, it really is free, free, free games, free wins, free clean sheets. It's, it's, it's been brilliant in the Champions League so far. Um, and we've used our squad. It was good to see um, Tamiskas and Williams get on to the last 10 minutes. Yeah. It's good to see Kaita come back into the team. And players like Arigi, Shakiri, we didn't even use in that game, which was, you know, which is mad considering. Um, but yeah, I'd like to think if we beat Atlanta at Anfield, which I'm sure we will, there's two games where we can just play, you know, people that need game time. Mm. And uh, I know, just a little side note on that game, like Curtis Jones, he, he's had a few starts this season in, in, the, in the Champions League now. And um, his progression, I think, is just going under the radar, which is good because of like the Joss and stuff. Um, like we forget this boy's only 19 years of age and he's coming in and he's just, he's delivering like time after time, isn't he, Danny? Yeah, again, same as what we were saying about Jota. Curtis Jones is coming into that midfield and he's not shying away. You tend to find, I, I think you see a lot of young players come into squads and they tend to just be on the pitch, kind of learning on the job type of thing. And now and again, they'll get a ball when they're in tons of space and they'll just get it and they'll pass it back to the centre-back and they'll just move. Where Curtis Jones is demanding the ball, he's shouting for it, he's always available. He's happy enough to turn and, and run at players and try and play those sort of little balls in between the lines, those sort of little fine balls um, that, that comes with years of experience. But yet he's got the confidence to think, do you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to take shots on. I'm going to try and play these um, really hard 40-yard balls and see what happens. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think any other time, if we didn't have Jota coming in, if there wasn't this whole situation with our centre-back, I think Curtis Jones would be getting a lot of attention, which puts a lot of pressure on a player. Um, so I think he'll be happy enough that he's just coming on, doing his job, getting experience. And I think we'll suddenly be sitting here in a couple of seasons' time with him as a starter in our midfield going, how did this happen? Well, but obviously we know that he's just been, he's quality. Like. It's a shame potentially he's maybe a future Liverpool captain. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? He does sort of. Obviously, there's always going to be those comparisons that you you sort of compare him <laughs> with Gerrard. He's he's kind of that box to box. He's running. He, he's wanting to take thirty yard shots and stuff, and he's wanting to play those little crucial passes. And you do obviously make those comparisons, um, but I don't see why not. Like at the end of the day, if he's if he carries on playing the way that he is, carries on progressing the way that he does, I don't see any reason why Liverpool have always been the same that we always want a player that, that understands not just the club, but understands the culture and the city. And no one understands that better than someone that's come from there. So I think anybody would be happy with that if he keeps progressing the way he does. Yeah, I will also say we've, we've had three games, <clears throat> three clean sheets, three wins um, in the Champions League so far. You can't really say much more than perfect, like, you know, and we've used a lot of the squad. We've got a lot of people game time, you know, um, as you keep, as if this is kind of one of your Famous sayings now, Danny. The games are coming thick and fast, <laughs> they, but they are. They like they just don't stop coming, do they? You know, which is, which is it's it's great as a football fan. It's not so much if you're going out with a football fan, you can't stand football, but the, uh, <laughs> it gives us plenty to, to discuss, doesn't it? Um, but there you go. So we're going to take a quick break, guys, and then we're going to discuss um, pay for view football a little bit and an up and coming huge Manchester City game. So, gonna take a wee break. Um, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. 
This podcast is sponsored by SB Sports. SB Sports sell the merchandise for some of the best up-and-coming boxers and MMA fighters in the game. So if you're looking for any of their merchandise, head over to their website. And if you're looking for football kits, if you're looking for equipment or anything in between, SB Sports is the place to go for great prices and great merchandise. So head over to sbsports.co.uk and get a great deal today. Right, everybody, welcome back to Hamill and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, obviously, we've got a game coming up this Sunday. Only the one game this this week to discuss um, before we go off into another international break, which is a discussion all on its own of why we're still playing internationals in the middle of such a hectic season. But obviously, we've got this game coming up against City, um, which is it really a big game? Mid-table team sitting tenth at the minute. You know what I mean, a couple of draws, a couple of losses. Is it really that big a deal? Um, <laughs> The, obviously, the Liverpool City game is always so crucial. It's become so massive um, over the years now. So we're going to be playing. There's a few different discussion points to talk about in terms of City. City aren't really firing on all cylinders at the minute. Liverpool, obviously, down a defender uh, in Virgil van Dijk, which is a massive difference in a game like this. Um, but who are we going to play as centre-back? And I suppose we'll start with that first. What 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 do you make? What's your initial thoughts, Ammo, on what this game's going to turn out like? I do think there'll be goals. Um, history tells us there's going to be goals anyway, but particularly with Van Dijk missing. I think he's going to come at Joel Matip, I think, because he's coming back from injury there. Mm. And I think it'll be Gomez and Matip, the most experienced partnership that we can put out there. Um, and yet you make the jokes about City being a mid-table team. They're still using absolute quality. Um, they've had a bit of a shaky start to the season. Uh, but in many ways... This could be one of the, the crucial points of the season. We're five points ahead of them now. Um, if we beat them, that's eight points ahead. And that's, you know, statistically, and as history says, it's going to be hard to you know, overcome those eight points. Um, but it's a blockbuster now, isn't it, Danny? It, it's become, over the last two, three years, it's become the biggest game in, in, in the Premier League, hasn't it? Yeah, it's huge now, isn't it? And and we all know part of that's because of the money, but it's also the quality of the teams that have been produced now. Um, City have a, a great team. Nobody can deny that. They're coming into the stride at the minute. They beat Olympiacos 3-0 the other day. They beat Sheffield United in the league. They beat Marseille 3-0 as well. Um, they beat Porto 3-1. So they've, they've had some good results. They're starting to get into the stride of scoring goals now, um, which is not necessarily what we want when we've got a bit of a centre-back dilemma going on. Um, but it's such a big game now. It's going to be so interesting to watch. And it's always right in what they say that big teams show up for big games. And I think that's what we're going to see. People can say, oh, City have had a shaky start and, and all the rest of it, which they have to a certain degree. But I think they're going to turn up in this game. You're, you're naturally going to get up for a game like this. Um, City have got tons of quality. They know what they need to do to beat Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool are coming in. On a, on a massive high at the minute after that 5-0 um, and then also being like beating West Ham and, and sitting at the top of the league. Liverpool are not going to want to lose that. If we can really early on create a massive gap between us and City, then then that's going to be an amazing confidence booster for the team. So I think both teams are going to be up for it, something shocking. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how it turns out. I mean, it's good to know that no matter what the result is, so City can't overcome us or overleap us that's a, that's a good thing but I would say certainly don't get beaten this game um, and yet big teams do turn up for big games and I think they're starting to get a, a bit more of their fire and power back I think Aguero's back from injury Jesus played midweek there he's coming back from injury um, 
and like the likes of your Sterlings and your Mahrez's and your Foden's and your De Bruyne's, you know, the list is continuous and, and you go on and on and on. Bernardo Silva, you know, they've just got so many, so many great players, but so have Liverpool. And this is the thing, at one stage, you look back about three years ago, you go, Liverpool on the day can beat City, no bother. And so now you look at Liverpool and you look at City and you think, whoa, it's just that it, it, it depends who turns up because we've got so much quality as well. Hmm. Um, I definitely see goals. Um, I think if Liverpool beat City, it'll be more, it'll be more damaging to Manchester City than if City beat Liverpool. And it's not just because City can't overleap us. I just think that City have had too many setbacks over the last maybe year. You know, you're looking at the year that we won the Champions League, City won the treble. Last year, City won the League Cup. Mm. That's what they won. And that's some difference. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Guardiola this year to prove that he's still like got a bit of an aging squad, that they're still, they're still the cream of Europe and stuff. And... Uh, I think if Liverpool beat City, I think that could almost... I think the title race is over for them, you know. And I know it's very early to say this, but I think someone I think someone said to me, like, most teams that win the league can't afford five defeats in the season. I think City have got beat three times already, um, if not definitely twice, and this could be the third time. So it's like, do you, the way City are now, they'll go, they'll go on 10 games unbeaten, and they'll, they'll win 4-0, get a couple of scrappy results, and then they'll just get beat by a nobody. Now, I know it happened to Liverpool against Villa, but that's the first time in three years now. Let's just be honest. Mm. The only other time we've beaten in the league in the last three years was by City. So it's kind of like... Um, it's it's kind of... I think it's so, so big for Manchester City. So I really do think they're going to be up for it. Um, and plus, they've got the advantage of being at the home stadium, you know, with no fans. They're used to that anyway. <laughs> I was waiting like, for that one. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's, it's like a little advantage for them. Um but of course, there's so much respect between the two teams, and uh, City will know to test that Liverpool defence. Um, but yeah, um, the signing coming to City—I forget his name. He's the wee centre back boy, um, the Portuguese boy. Mm. He's made a bit of a difference to them. Um, obviously, Edison's class and goal. Um, still number two, Brazil though. Just want the world to know that because Allison's number one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. I hope it's got lots of goals. I hope it's a great game, but you know these games do have a tendency sometimes. You know the other end of this, the Richter scale here. Sometimes these games can be very scrappy, and and you know I'll uh, I'll create a bit of work for Danny in the editing here, but a bit. It <laughs> 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 can be though, Danny. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, as you said, I think thing it's a, it's a it's an interesting game that this is going to be because there is a lot at stake. Weirdly enough. If City do win this game, it puts them two points behind Liverpool with a game in hand. So it, it really opens up the league and it does give that opportunity that if City win that game in hand, um, which I think is against Aston Villa, then what that does is it it, it does let them leapfrog us a little bit. Um, so I think there is a lot at stake and I think if we can create that distance between City now, we know that it puts us in really, really good stead because City are... Sort of going through the gears at the minute, and I think they are sort of in fourth gear at the minute, getting ready. As you said, they've got a few players that have now settled into the team. Ruben Diaz has come in at centre back. Torres is up front for them. Who are both performing at the minute, and um, they're both getting used to it and getting into their rhythm. So I think City are only going to get better as the season progresses. So if we can beat them now, it puts real daylight between us and them. Um, as you said, City have lost one, drew two at the minute. Um, a couple of a couple of draws they shouldn't really have, have had, they should really have won. Um, 
But yeah, I think Liverpool at the same time they've got to we've got to perform well. We've got to beat them. I think City playing City at any time of the year, no matter what the table looks like, you've got to beat City. So I think both teams, as you said, are going to be up for it. I think both teams are going to be strong. I think we've got we've got more options than City at the minute, which is good uh, in terms of our squad and who we can choose and players that are actually on form. Um, so I think it'd be interesting, but I think there will be goals. But like I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a draw. I think it's gonna be a draw. I'm gonna say that's gonna be three all. Wow! Right? Okay. That's a, what I would say is a game that we can't get beaten. Um, hmm. And I know a discussion uh, before I give my score prediction that we want to discuss is the Jota and Firmino thing. Jota, hmm. Jota and Firmino situation. Um, so who would you start with against City and, and why? <laughs> it's an interesting one. Obviously, it's been something that's been raging with everyone all week. For me, I would be starting with Jota. And it's for a number of reasons. I think for me, like... I think automatically, because we're in this sort of polarised society at the minute, and I think everybody automatically thinks that if we're going to choose Jota, that's because you don't like Firmino. Firmino is quality. He is a great player for Liverpool. The stuff that he can do, the way that he links the front three together, um, is it, you can't explain how good he has been as a seven for Liverpool over the years. But for me, we have relied on Firmino so much over the years that for me this season, he just looks tired. He just almost looks fatigued. He's been playing with Brazil. He's, he's had hardly any break during, like between the last season finishing and this season starting because people think, oh, yeah, well, they had two, three weeks off. But they were still having to train during that time because they hadn't been together for months. He was off with Brazil, playing in a competition with them for a little while. And Firmino, for me, hasn't had time off in about three years. So he looks, for me, fatigued. And I think... It's not It's not that I don't like Firmino, because I do like Firmino, and I know the pivotal role he plays for Liverpool. But for me, if Jota is on form, for me, it ticks more boxes. If he's going to get us goals, bring him in for a game where we need to be scoring a lot of goals against City, because City don't score one goal and then sit back and, and allow you to attack. City look to try and get three, four, five goals in every game. So if we've got more firepower and more guaranteed goals up front, put him in, because that's going to help. And then also it creates that competition. It creates that competition with the front the front line that they all start thinking, right, I need to perform every game here. Otherwise, I will get dropped and I will lose my place. And I think it's only going to help Firmino. And also, I think he needs a little bit of a break. I think he needs a couple of games just sitting out so he can recover, so he can have that time and know that he's not letting the team down. Because Firmino is that type of character that I think he thinks that if he's not performing, he's letting the whole team down and he carries that burden on him. Um, so I think if we can give him that little bit of a break and not feel like he's put like putting the team out by being out, um, I think it's only going to help the squad all know. What do you think? No, um, I disagree. I think he was dropped, kind of or rested, should we say, midweek there against Atlanta. I think he's going to start, and I would start him. And I think it's been a good, it's been good management by Klopp by bringing Josh off the bench. I would rather can't. This is no. Nothing against me now, and I don't want to sound contradicting my decision. But I'd rather bring Jot off the bench, the form he's in, than bring Firmino off the bench. Hmm. And I think Firmino such a he just plays such a pivotal role in that in, in that front three for Salah and for Manny. And you'd never even you'd never even think about dropping one of them, would you? So um, for me, Firmino starts. He's 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 the main man. Um, as much as I'm loving Jot at the moment, um, 
it's you know it's 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 one great performance and a couple of good performances. I don't think one great performance, a couple of good performances, um, requires you know you're the main man now type of thing. Um, I I see what you're saying about the the, the rest, um, and I agree with you to a point. But at the same time, you know, he, he got rested midweek. He only played twenty minutes at the end there. Um, Klopp takes him off quite a bit, um, and the the fitness side of the football these days and the fitness coaches and stuff. People don't know not to overtrain these players because of the schedules and and stuff like that. So I I, I do genuinely believe that with the games coming thick and fast, as you keep saying, that, that, that they will manage they will manage how to use these players. Um, I think it's more mentally. I think more so than physically sometimes. But I do get what you're saying. But for me, now for me, no starts. Um, and I also think with Jota playing so good, that might give like see if Firmino gets three goals a season and does and all the other stats about. The link up play and 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 the um and the assistant stuff that would still be good enough for me. But you know he doesn't. He still gets fifteen goals a season. And I think with what's going on with Jota, that might be a little kick up as you know, kick up the hole that he needs. Mm. And I think that you could see some never walk alone. super performance from Firmino against City. I remember a couple of goals against City that he scored really really important goals. One comes back to me where he, he chipped the keeper. Like really was like a Brazilian type finish. He chipped the keeper and killed it in it. I was like, wow. That that comes back to man. Another one comes back to man in the Champions League where he, he, I think he come off the bench as he come back from injury and he, he, he hit him with the outside of Sutton winning. So you know he's a big game player as well for me. You know he's one of these that he still comes up with very important goals. You know I think I think back to Chelsea last season um, and he headed it in um, at Anfield. Never we'll saying he had to score at Anfield. I still think Firmino is the, is the main man. And uh, as much as I love Jota, it takes more than a hat-trick um, and a couple of good performances to become the main man at Liverpool. And um, for me, I'd rather, if we're sitting there with 25 minutes to go and we need a goal, I would rather bring Jota off the bench than anyone else. But these, the, the, I suppose the other argument is, you know, if you're on the Jota side of it, I'm on the Firmino side of it, the other, other argument could be said, play all four of them. Yeah. Do you know, uh, which I think Klopp did do in a game, didn't he, recently? Um, I think, was it was it maybe a couple of weeks ago? I'm trying to think of the game that it was. Um, it wasn't West Ham. I think it was the game before that in the league. It was it Sheffield United? He played all four, didn't he? Oh, OK, yeah. Yeah, so I think these are arguments we said that we could play all four. Um, would, would, that, would you do that maybe or? I just think the City have got too strong a midfield to to test something like that out at the minute. I think if we go and try that against City, um, I think they'll overrun us in the midfield because you're basically playing a, a, a lineup like that is basically saying we're going to sit with two midfielders, whether that be whether that be Henderson and Thiago, whether that be Henderson and Wijnaldum or whoever. Um, we're going to sit with two midfielders and let Firmino push up and link in with those front three and let him be the playmaker. And that's also number 10 role. And for me, yes, he has got it in him to chase back and to make a couple of tackles and different things like that. But there's a difference between doing it against Sheffield United and trying to go toe-to-toe with Kevin De Bruyne in the middle. And I just think it, I think City will do us if we, if we play that type of formation against a big team like that. It's got to be tested out. It's got to be tried. We can maybe try it a couple of times in... The Champions League, like in the in the group stage there, because I think if we beat Atlanta, then the other two games aren't really going to matter, and we can maybe test and try a few formations. Um, but you don't want to put it up against your biggest rival in the league and, and test something like that out for me. Ah, oh, fair enough. So yeah, I think 
it's it's always interesting. We haven't had a good debate in a while, Danny, isn't it? So it's interesting <laughs> to say that you're sitting on the Jota side, and I'm sitting on Firmino's side. Um, mm. Well, let's see. I mean, we had all this debate, didn't we, uh, a few weeks ago? Who was going to start in goal? And Adrian started in goal, and we had this debate who was going to start in the, in, in the league, and then. We didn't even mention that Phillips and that Phillips just come out of nowhere and started. So yeah. who's who's say he won't start Minamino or Rigi and Shakiri? <laughs> this is what keeps football interesting, isn't it? Um, but yeah, um, for me, I, I kept my result kind of close to my hand. You went for three 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 was it, Danny? Three all, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna go um for two nil to Liverpool. Oh. I think the defenders are gonna be Klopp's going to get in, whether it is Matip and Gomez or Gomez and Reese Williams or Nat Phillips, I think whoever it is in defence, they're going to do a strong emphasis on keeping a clean sheet. And uh, I think one of the forwards will turn up. Um, but I will say this if Bobby Firmino starts against Manchester City, I fancy him to score and have a great game because I just think watching him over the years and he's got this little bit of pressure on him, I think he's one of these players that thrives on the pressure. And um, I, will, I just want to. Make a wee prediction, put out there that Firmino is the man to watch um, if he starts for Liverpool. Um, and mm-hmm. if he doesn't, obviously Jota's on fire. So um, hopefully, I don't, whether Jota starts or doesn't, I still fancy Jota to score at some stage as well because he's just he's just literally everything he took. He's, he's he's in the form of his life, isn't he? Did you see the interview after the Atlanta game when he went? Are you playing the best football of your life? And he turned around and went, Well, I'm playing in the best team in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine everyone at Wolves is sitting there going, You scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, I think but it yeah, will be so... interesting. Like, I think, as you said, it's going to be an interesting game. I think there's a lot to prove, even within Liverpool. I think if Atalanta's anything to go by, Jota is on fire. And as you said before, you don't, you don't become a starter by playing a couple of good games. But Jota will know in the back of his mind that if he comes on and puts in a performance against City, there's a good chance he will secure that first that first team place if he really proves himself. But at the same time, when Firmino came on, he looked like a new man when he came on against Atlanta. He was chasing balls down. He was determined to win them. He was playing good passes. He was trying to get goals. And I think Firmino, if he starts, will go into this game and think to himself, this is the game that I need to prove myself, that if I, if I can perform against City, that's it. There'll be no more talk about Who's the, who's the starting player? So I think Firmino will come into it on fire as well. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think um, everyone listening to me is that Danny backtracking a little bit there. Can everyone see that Danny is kind of going, <laughs> kind of considering the possibility that Firmino might start and agreeing with me? <laughs> is that what Danny's doing there? I think, I but, think uh, as a professional I mean, podcaster, I need to remain unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. But what I will say, which I haven't discussed, it's the last game before the international break. So it really is a game that is important, isn't it? You know, all I can say is don't get beat. Yeah, and I'm going for a 2 0 victory to Liverpool, and you're going for 3 3. So let's see who's, uh, who's closer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it'll be a, a game that's going to be good to watch. And fortunately, we are going to get the chance to watch it, which is good. Uh, it's going to be on Sky Sports. And there's obviously been talk this week in the footballing world uh, about this whole pay per view situation. We discussed it a couple of weeks ago. We put out a statement on our podcast to say that we weren't going to be watching the pay per view game. Um, and since then, there's meant to be an announcement being made today by the FA to say that they um, are taking back a lot of the pay-per-view matches, um, especially when it comes to Liverpool and Everton, because there was such a huge backlash. Hardly anyone watching the game. Tons and tons of money 
uh, delivered to food banks in order to be able to help them across the city. Jordan Henderson putting out a statement uh, to say how proud he was of the fans for supporting the local causes instead of supporting the pay-per-view. Um, so what do you what do you make of all this? Are you obviously you're happy? Um, do you think it should be more scrap and pay-per-view for everyone? Because uh, up to now they're only looking at making it to do with Liverpool and Everton games, um, totally cutting back, and then they're going to review the rest of them. Um, interesting developments. Well, we sit here Friday, Friday morning. Um, it's 6th of November as we're talking. The announcement hasn't been made yet, but we've seen little snippets. For me, it's got to be across board. It can't just be for Liverpool Everton, but if it is, then Liverpool Everton being you know, the pioneers of this mm. is just brilliant. And all the money raised for the food banks is just unbelievable. As I say, we we, we, we both boycotted that game. Um, that Liverpool played in against Sheffield United, and it was it was hard because it was one of the first matches in a long, long time that I hadn't seen. Um, you know, listen to it was different, and as I say, I, I've missed the odd game in there over the years, you know, through work and stuff. But to actually miss it willingly was such a different feeling. But I'm glad that like maybe so many people have done that and donated to such good causes that like people are listening. And what did he say? Um, the power of the people is better than the people is, is, is has more strength than the people in power. Yeah, and that's just that's just so true. And uh, you know, scouts is a, a different breed. Well, I don't want to big up big 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 us up, but we can go back to Hillsborough and all what we did and and, and got our voice. And when Andy Burnham turned up to Anfield that day, I was there when everyone just started screaming justice for ninety six. And I know this is a different scale, but people have pulled. Certainly, certainly are voices, and uh, you know we're, we're known for it. But when we put them to good use, um, stuff like this can happen. And mm. as I say, the power of the people is bigger than the people in power, so I'm all for it. Um, I think it was ridiculous anyway. You know, a lot of people paying 50, 60, 70 quid a month anyway to Sky and BT. You know, I'm one of these people, um, and I know people say you can do it this way or do it that way, but you know, I, I don't like. I've I've never really done the illegal downloading and stuff like that. And for me, it's just because I'm a bit of a snob. I can't stand links crashing, and I don't like I like to basically watch. I like if I watch a football match, I like to watch the build up, I like to watch the analysis afterwards, and I like it yeah. to be clear and crystal. And um, yeah, I'm one of these people, fans, genuine fans that have to pay that money. So, like yourself, Danny, why should we have to pay another fifteen quid each for like a game that we should you know rightfully be able to watch anyway? So, hundred percent for it. Hope it, hope it gets run through right through the league. Um, and yeah, it was disgraceful that they even did that. And I'm glad that people boycotted it. That's as much as I can say. Yeah. No, and I think you, you're right. And I think everyone will agree with you. And I think um, it is. It's ridiculous that they've done it. And that's why so many people took a stand against it. And I think, as you said, Liverpool as a city, not even just Liverpool fans, but Liverpool as a city has come, in, come into a lot of flack over the years um, from maybe the more southbound cities. Um for the fact that they've tried to stand up against things and it's like, oh, who do they think they are? Do you want to become their own like country and all this different stuff? And uh, there's been all these shouts of an independent Liverpool over the years. But one of the things that, that gives Liverpool that name and gives Liverpool that stick all the way from the 80s uh, and on to today is the fact that they band together as a city, we band together as, a, as communities and band together as people uh, to stand up for what we think is injustice and when we think that things are wrong. And I think a lot of people feel that we should just um, do what we're told. And if the government says something, we should just follow that. But one of the unique things about Liverpool is that they support each other and they help each other. For all the, the negatives we see about Liverpool and gang culture and all the rest of it, when when everything hits the fan, 
communities band together, people band together, and they support each other and they help each other. And that's what makes Liverpool so unique. And at the end of the day, we'd never see results like this. We'd never see um, pay-per-view getting overturned if we didn't see a, a city that, that grouped together and supported each other through it. Yeah, could not agree anymore. So hopefully that comes into discussion today. Hopefully all the you know all the other teams get their kind of their right of not having to pay for this because then they were fo- football fans together, mm. especially um, in the middle of this pandemic, which kind of leads us on to kind of the next little snippet that we're going to mention here. So first of all, I want to give a, a shout out to our new listeners. We've got listeners now in Vietnam. Um, let me get the wee list up here because I don't want to make myself sound stupid. So we, we have listen, listeners in Vietnam. Hello to you, whoever you are. New Zealand, Israel, United Arab Emirates. Did I say that right, Danny? And yep. Sweden. So <laughs> <laughs> hello to everyone there, which, which, which is a bit mad. Um, but yeah, so we've, we've mentioned it a little bit in the past, Danny. Um, but yeah, I just want you to kind of, we've got a couple of minutes here before the end of the pod. Um, next week uh, for the international break, we've pre-recorded the pod um, all about mental health and football and basically the positive impacts that football has had um, on people's mental health. And also we've we had a few important guests on to give their stories about how their mental health kind of struggles and how football's helped them. Um, and yeah, um, it was good to record, wasn't it, Danny? Yeah, it was really good. And for anyone sitting there listening to this, and as maybe this is your first time listening from Vietnam or whatever, um, obviously, like we discuss a lot of football. We discuss as big Liverpool fans. We discuss um, the games because we have a lot of experience. We've been to a lot of games. We've played football all our lives. We've uh, got experience of the city and the culture and what goes on and all these different things. So we like to think that we have uh, a point of view that's, that's worth listening to and worth voicing to a certain extent. Um, but when it comes to mental health, obviously, we we had a lot of guests come in for this. Um, if, there, if it is something that you do struggle with in terms of mental health, um, then hopefully this podcast will be beneficial for you, worth listening to. Um, there's a lot of good lads on it that, that know the stuff and have been through it and have experience of it. And hopefully what they say will, will help a lot of people. I really enjoyed doing it uh, as someone that maybe doesn't suffer with mental health I obviously hosted a good bit of it and it, it was great to be able to hear just the openness because there's nothing wrong with being open and talking about when you've got problems and um, so to hear the, the lads chat about it talk about their issues and talk about their problems and how they deal with it um, I'm, I'm really hoping and really thinking that it'll be a good help to anyone that's listening well yeah we had uh, we had Dan Doherty on who we've had in the past um, we had Stephen Budd on um, who's actually the owner of SB Sports who sponsors at the moment um, and we had David Brady on who has, te- has told us a really touching story about his personal life mm. and uh, we kind of divulged into a little bit about my personal experiences um, but just to let people know two of the lads are United fans big big Manchester United fans so um, this is a pod that maybe if you're a Liverpool fan listen to this and you know, maybe other football fans don't necessarily want to listen to this but this, this next pod it's literally just about football um, and just about um, mental health, and like we we talk, we talk about people having injuries in football. We talked about when the pandemic hit and there was no football, um, living alone, how much it helps. Um, and there was a good bit of banter along the way. So yeah, I just want to you know give everyone um, a kind of idea that this is going to be for everyone, and maybe not even if you're a football fan. Just if you want to talk, it, it, it's good to put ourselves out there. And um, 
we've also got um, Darren Doherty and his band are playing um, uh, exclusive art, isn't he, Danny? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be played exclusively for our podcast, um, which is amazing for, for his band, The Heathen Choir, that we're going to be listening to their song uh, being released on our podcast and on the radio next Friday. So, yeah, um, looking forward to that. So, OK, we'll be sad with the international break, but hopefully this podcast will, um, will help. It. It's something a bit different, and it's something that we think will be hopefully be a real success, help people um, mainly. And um, depending on how we can, like the download, um figures go and, and the amount of listeners it's something that we could do maybe on a regular basis so um, we're really hoping that people listen to that particular pod um, and we really hope it helps people so yeah in the meantime thank you so much for listening to episode 7 season 2 of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road never walk alone Podcast Network.